Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hey, caffeinators. Welcome back to another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe, where no, for the last time, we don't have your scissors, but it's Vet Tech Week, so go ahead and ask for a new pair. Um, yeah, maybe somebody gave you a new <laughs> yeah, pair. Yeah, maybe, hopefully, right? <laughs> Something, at least. Um, we'd like to thank all you guys for your continued support and um, buying our merchandise and uh, for being our Patreons. We got a new couple page- couple new Patreons this month. Thank you so much, Erica Murdoch and Joseph Miranda, for, for joining in and following along. We really, really, really appreciate your support. Um, if you're new to the Vet Tech Cafe, if this is the first time you're here, head over to vettechcafe.com. For a little bit of info about Dave and I and why we do this podcast and what some of our goals are and previous episodes and links to merchandise, all that. And then you can like us and follow us and subscribe to us on all the major uh, social platforms. Um, we have a YouTube channel where we put up uh, video, actually, of us recording our taproom episodes, which we'll be doing one this week for Vet Tech Week. So um, definitely head over there. Check that out as well. Dave, how's it going out there? What's on your mind? Uh, it's good here. It's Vet Tech Week, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about this in the taproom episode. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say a bunch of stuff about it now. But it, it's it's North Carolina, and it is starting to get cold. What we consider cold here, it's like 60s right now. Which, if I was back in New England, I'd be thinking 60s isn't bad. I would I would enjoy it, but here it's a little bit chilly. So um, doing good here. I, I ran my first half marathon that I that I've done in the last couple of years. Uh, and got a personal best, so I'm pretty happy about that. Very nice. Um, but awesome. other than that, things are okay here. How are you guys doing out there? Uh, we're good. It's it's basically the surface of the sun out here. It's hotter than hell. <laughs> um, it's it's been in the mid to upper 90s the last couple of days. Um, it's late October. It's dumb. It's 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 hard to get in the fall mode when it's that hot. But um, but. I mean, it's Are you good. drinking something pumpkin spicy? No, I just have water currently. Just water. We're recording a tap room after this, and I have a beer lined up for that, so I needed to prehydrate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, all is good. Um, you know, just doing the normal things, working, and I'd say you know nothing out of the ordinary. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump in for today. We have a really cool episode lined up for you guys. Um, you may remember Danny Provis. She was on uh, what was that like a year and a Maybe half a year ago? ago? Yeah, Somewhere in yeah, there. probably. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have her coming back today to talk about kind of a heavy topic. But I think, uh, Dave, I, I was thinking about this as we were like you know last night before we even were recording or anything. But I was thinking like. I feel like being laid off in veterinary medicine isn't isn't a thing. Like you, yeah. you would read in the news or, or see on the news or read in the newspaper if, if you know we're old enough to have done that. Um, 
that, you know, like we, we are Disney <laughs> yeah. or somebody, you know, some major corporation would lay off thousands of people. Yeah. Right? And that would happen. And that was, was part of a recession. But like in veterinary medicine, I, I mean, we're fairly connected individuals. I don't know if I know anybody that has actually been laid off from a position in veterinary medicine. We're all, we're always the opposite. We are always like, scrounging for people and yeah. we have good people you know never let them go but i was thinking like as we kind of go through this transition of corporatization um and they buy more and more hospitals and what have you like is that going to start to be a, a thing and, well, and and that was my first exposure to it and, and our, our guest danny was was right there with me yeah. where where we had Mar Mars was it Mars that came in or yes. Pet Partners? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember who's who. It was Pet Partners um, first, and then Mars. Pet Partners first, yeah. and then Mars, and then they they yeah. laid off a bunch of people, and yeah. that was like devastating to us because we were like, uh, that that doesn't right. happen. Right? There aren't like, enough of right, us. Like, how could this right, happen? Right, right, yeah. Right, like, <laughs> like how how are we getting rid of people when we don't have enough people? Like right. it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, spoiler alert, that's going to be our, uh, our, our topic <laughs> of conversation today. But, um, but the big part of that is also then how to come out of that and, and what to do next. So first off, Danny, um, welcome back. Thank you very Thank much for you. taking some time out to talk to us about this. And, um, what can we get you for a caffeinated beverage of choice for this conversation here? You know, the iced Americano is the way to go. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Keeps right. my energy up. There Need you that go. extra caffeine. Yeah. Coming and, right and up. like a true New Englander, always iced. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, hot degrees co- out, no hot coffee over here. Nope. Nope. Ice, nope. ice regular. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, well, I know when you were on previously, we went through your career path then, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk a lot about kind of the twists and turns lately. So I'll, I'll yep. kind of save the career path question, and, and we'll talk about it in different ways. But um, where do you see the veterinary technician profession right now like what's what's going what's going on what's what's working what's not so i think that there are some really exciting things that are starting to happen um and i think that there are some terrifying things that are happening um i'll start out with the exciting things i think it's great that we are seeing more initiatives pushing toward wage transparency i think that that's going to be incredibly helpful Um, I'm happy that standardization of credentialing seems to be a topic of discussion, and it never used to be. Um, You know, there are so many different variations of what we call ourselves and what people in the public and people who work in hospitals and how they understand what our roles are. So I think it's great that more people are being brave enough to talk about that and how we need to make that more standardized across the board. Um, I'm also hopeful because I feel like we are finally getting a seat at the table on boards and in conference settings. And so we have more of a voice than we used to. I think people are respecting us more and understanding that we are more than just holding puppies and kitties. Now, that being said... The things that stress me out right now and concern me um, is the fact that the corporate face seems to be where we're headed. And with that, I'll tell you firsthand, I absolutely appreciated the 
financial backing that corporate was able to offer us, no doubt about that. However, I did notice that there is an extreme disconnect between people in the higher levels of the corporation who have zero connection to what's going on on the actual floor. And so they're making decisions and choices, not understanding what it's like to live that real life with patients on the floor. So, you know, as corporations keep coming up, popping up, there aren't a lot of options for us to go to some sort of, you know, privately owned hospital anymore. It's almost all corporations. And then there's that risk, like Dave was saying that, you know, a corporation comes in, they might not understand how important your role is. They don't know the impact of somebody who's not actually standing on the floor taking care of patients. So they're looking at the outside support systems, corporations are, and saying, why are we spending money on this? We need people on the floor taking care of the patients. That's what the doctors are complaining about. They don't have enough technicians. They don't have enough assistance to help them. So uh, I would rather not spend money on a trainer, or I would rather not spend money on someone who is in nursing development. We'll deal with that down the road because it is very painful for them up front to pay for this person and not have them working and pulling money in is what it seems like. They see the short-term financial pain and not the longer term gain and what it means. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you the fallout after the layoffs occurred, they all got an earful. <laughs> the upper <laughs> level corporate management who has no medical background, many of them um, were like, oh, well, we didn't understand that this is like life and death. They absolutely need these things. How can we get it back? And now it's like, that's probably a bit yeah. too late, you know? Yeah. So, so the corporate entity being, you know, our world now, that is something that's concerning me uh, as a technician. Um, but again, like, I think that there are a lot of great things going on for us and the uh, opportunities for us to branch out on our own at this point too, especially VTSs who are, you know, specialists in the field, um, subject matter experts. There's so much that we can continue to do in this profession. You know, I, I, listening to your explanation there, I'm, I'm reminded of, and I, I, I know we, we talked about this, Dave, I'm pretty sure some time ago, and, and this article or this post was, this is a couple of years ago, but there was a veterinarian and her name escapes me at the moment, but she wrote about basically that same thing happening with Boeing the aircraft, mm -hmm. the jetliner manufacturer, and how early on it was just the engineers and it was just right at the airport. And then all of a sudden, as they got bigger, they started having financial people and business people running Boeing. And then that's when they started having malfunctions and plane yeah. crashes and because the it was taken away from the people that were actually designing the airplanes and it was people that were managing the money. Mm -hmm. and here we are but it, but that the the article that and I'm going to I'm going to find it and share it in the show notes because it was a fascinating read but it was written by a veterinarian and she was relating all of that to veterinary medicine and corporatization and 
I think that is so spot on. My I've said this before. My wife works through for a, a corporation now after a board run hospital, and it's going through that transition. And those the the people that are even just one layer above the inside hospital administration, no veterinary medical experience whatsoever, yeah. completely yeah. disconnected from the field, and it's just it's tragic. Yeah. It's tragic. Yeah. Well, and also just think about what Danny, what you said that that there's there's people in the in the in the hospital setting that are not on the floor, like trainers, like like you and me, mm-hmm. that are that are not generating any actual revenue. But if right. you go into the corporate offices, how many of those people do they have that are just in a desk, just <laughs> essentially making decisions, yeah. and not actually pulling in any revenue? So, like it it's it's kind of a a, a double-edged sword to say, yeah, we don't want people that are that are not actually generating any actual revenue yet. They've right. probably got far more people in the corporate offices that are that are doing just that. Um, but but somehow it's it's able to be justified with what they're doing versus what we're doing. And and I I feel like that it's not that we don't we don't want any of that to happen. It's just we want it to be fair and we want it to be equal. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that. You know, you no. Know, going back to our time at, at the at the corporate practice that we were at, you know, they mm-hmm. they pulled us aside and and because we were supervisors and said we're trying to make this be a family environment. And I'm like, well, you just <laughs> laid off like three of my brothers and sisters. So right, <laughs> just smile, keep yeah, going. Just, smile. just, yeah. just <laughs> make make the toast at the family dinner and move on. Like, yeah, and it's just it's just difficult. It's difficult to be in that situation where you you because. I mean, the people that we saw that got laid off were, were highly qualified people. Like it was devastating when we yes. saw those people not be there anymore because we we're like, these are vital people to this organization and now they're not here and right. and they didn't really have any explanation for us. But right, I mean, right. we, and we I are think, talking about one small thing. It, it probably yeah. happens differently in other places. I think too, the other challenge with vet techs and what we do, what we love, why we're in this field, the hands-on care of patients and sharing, teaching, training other people is not something that is highly valued at all. And so a lot of time is often spent when you're working in a corporate setting, putting in all of your metrics and your KPIs and the documentation of everything to prove your worth every single day that you're there. And I'm spending so much time doing that and not actually helping the people that need help. Um, So, you know, it kind of separates people more and more from the vet med that they love. Um, You know, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a very different feel when you go to bed at night and you're like, well, I did 70% of what I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) The other paperwork stuff, no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm a tech and not a doctor. (laughs) Right. 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 So let, let's kind of get into one of the topics that we wanted to talk about uh, of layoffs. And um, so what was the role that you were laid off from? How did that manifest itself? Oh, man. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So the role that I was hired for, so I worked there for one year and one day. They laid me <laughs> off the day after I hit my year mark. Um, 
So uh, the position Did was they at least say like happy anniversary and then the next day cut you loose? Like, <laughs> in a very, you're such a valuable member of the team. Happy anniversary. Next well, day, na- now in hindsight, I look back and they were wishing me happy anniversary like two months before my anniversary. I should have gotten the hint then. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, so the job that I was doing was created for me. It, uh, I was sought out by colleagues that I've worked with over the years and they were, you know, very passionate educators um, for this company and said, you know, we know the perfect person for the position that we would like to create. They talked to me about it. They said, what's your dream job? I said, I would love to travel to different areas. I'm interested in learning the differences in vet med geographically. I find that fascinating. Um, I like to learn about socioeconomic um, differences. I love all of that. I love to see how teams work together in different areas. Uh, And I knew I had valuable long-term years of experience. I've learned what not to do. I learned how to not treat people. (laughs) You know, I always try to think of the positive. So even if I had a terrible supervisor in the past, I'm like, okay, these are the things I won't do to someone else. Um, (laughs) So I felt like I had a lot of uh, valuable things to offer to a position like this. So this is what I proposed to them, uh, that I go around and travel and provide that hands-on clinical training from a specialist that uh, is very needed. And they said, this is perfect. We have had so many surveys that we've conducted, and this is at the top of everyone's list. They want somebody who actually has experience and knows what they're talking about to train, not somebody who started working here a month ago, the blind leading the blind, which is what they had currently. Countless you know, requests for something like this. Took the position, so excited. Um, I traveled so much. And when I say I traveled, everyone's like, oh, it must be nice to have a travel job. Okay, look, I'm not, not. <laughs> no, I'm not flying around, sitting by the pool, drinking margaritas. Um, you fly in, usually when it's dark, you don't even see the place. You get to your hotel. Sometimes that's a challenge. Hopefully all your stuff gets there, your simulator and everything, like why you're there. Um you know, it, it's very stressful. You're spending time away from your family. Um, your eating habits are garbage on the road, protein bars, if that, beef jerky. Um, but, you know, so the travel part was not glamorous. But going into those hospitals and seeing the difference that we were able to make together as a team, that filled my cup. That made me so happy. I left hospitals You know, like I think of my last trip was to Alaska and I was there for a total of three days and uh, I was waiting for my Uber with all of my equipment. A technician came running out from the treatment area, threw herself over my back, wrapped her arms around my neck, was crying and said, I can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough. When can you come back? And I said, I'm so glad you enjoyed the training and everything. That's fantastic. Um, And she said, we just saved a cat. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) goosebumps, of course, and tearing up. And I thought, man, I want to do this forever. Like this, you know, this clearly made such an impact. Even the CSRs came up and they said, you know, 
we didn't know how to handle these things when patients are crashing. We didn't know how to talk to clients before. It's very awkward. Like we just sort of ignore them because we're scared the impact that you have. So I spent this entire last year doing that. And then uh, we got word a couple of weeks before that uh, we were being acquired by another company and that there would be some sort of shakeup, right? Uh, never. As there always is. <laughs> yeah. But never did I ever consider, uh, you know, A, they created this position for me out of the need. Um, B, I have never had a bad evaluation in my entire life. I mean, 28 years in the field, like I feel pretty good about that. My reputation is very important to me. I work with integrity. I, I bust my ass. I love this. Uh, so I truly didn't think I was at risk of anything. And honestly, it was kind of prepped for us to think, you know, that we might have difference in who we report to or something like that. Did not think I'd be cut. <laughs> uh, that did not cross my mind. So you can imagine um, I was having my one-on-one -on -one meeting with my manager um, via Zoom. And I looked down and I said, I'm getting a Teams alert that HR is trying to call me. And my manager's eyes just like, she said, oh, my God, you have to pick that up. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll talk later. So I picked it up and there are two people sitting there, one of which I was familiar with as being an HR person and the other one I didn't know. And uh, she said, uh, this one really hurts. And uh, I just kind of like stared at my laptop. I was like, what is happening? And she said, I have the terrible news to let you know that your position has been eliminated and the nursing development team is being dissolved. And so she said, uh, you can work through the end of August, but as of September 1st, you will no longer be employed here. Uh, I thought I was going to be physically sick. Like I really, I was absolutely reeling. And um, then the uncontrollable crying started. And, you know, it's just, a, they're very quick about it. It's, do you have any questions for us? Um, I wanted to say, what the? <laughs> yeah, I got a question. Uh, and they said, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, HR will be contacting you. We'll send you a packet of information. Um, there are some uh, great mental health help tips to get you through this. Um, and uh, I boop, just ended the call. I was like, yeah, we're not going to talk about this anymore. Yeah, like this yeah. discussion. And I just sat there. Um, I was, I was humiliated. I felt, I was like, what did I do wrong? Because listen, I'm 47. When I think about people being laid off back in the day, I feel like I had the prejudice mind of thinking they clearly weren't good at their jobs. So they were disposable, right? Right, right. And so I automatically was like, what did I not do well? Like I get emails as soon as I get back to my hotel. When can you go? When can you come back? That was amazing. This is what we've needed. And, you know, oh my gosh, we should do this on the regular. And like, I don't understand. Like, what did I do wrong? And just kept beating myself up over and over again. 
And thankfully, I have incredible family support. My husband and my daughter were right there with me. But man, at 47, that was like, after 28 years in this field, and I finally got my dream job to have that carpet yanked out from under me. Yeah. It's like, what do I, you know, what do I even do? Like, am I, should I just drop out of this? Like, is this the sign that my time is up? You know, I, should I go work in a coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> or or do Jeff Cobb of Go Pour Beer everywhere? Somewhere? Yeah. yeah. I mean, real like I really it was it was quite the gut punch. Uh and and then I recognized I wasn't the only one very shortly thereafter. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and, and how do you like what do you do to process that information? Like I I realize it's probably an emotional time, but what do you do to yeah. like like for me, if that were to happen to me, I, I'd say, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Like what, what do I go from here? So the timing of it happening, I initially thought this is the worst possible timing. It's a week before IVEX, right. our, the happiest time of the year, mm-hmm. going to see all of our friends and family, you know, like I love this. I live for this every year. I knew I was going to be teaching labs. I knew I was going to be moderating. I knew I was going to have to be excited, chipper, happy, whatever, but I was terrified. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to tell all these people I was laid off. They're going to think I suck. They're going to be like, oh my God, she got laid off. Like she must've been terrible at her job. That's not what happened. No, it is not what happened. (laughs) It, it was, it made me recognize this is what I'm meant to do. I need to just Mm -hmm. continue with this mission. Walking down the hall and having people come up to you over and over again and say, oh my gosh, I could have never gotten my VTS without your mentorship or, oh, you know, I read something that you did six years ago and it just stuck in my mind and this constant reminder. And I had worked at NC State years ago and a lot of the doctors came up to me and they're like, you know, we want you to come back. When can you come back? And all of these things made me stop feeling like I sucked and, and made me feel like I need to press forward. I have something to offer still. I, I, it is absolutely possible for me to continue and pick myself up, dust myself off and figure out how I can make this happen because I know hospitals need it. Well, and, and the, the thing that I, that I thought of, you know, you, you thought that people were going to think that you were terrible and that you suck, but I, Across the board, I, I, I guarantee you that the thought process was not what what did she do wrong. It was more of what's wrong with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why would they not want? Yeah. Why would anyone not want you yeah. to to do what you do? Yeah. Well, and you know the discussion after the fact. You know, the few days after the layoff, it was made very clear to me over and over again that it was purely a financial decision. Um. Which makes me, you know, it's a little comforting to one degree, but then it's like, uh, it makes me concerned that they're not recognizing that VTSs should be paid a certain amount. And I wasn't a financial burden to their very large corporation. (laughs) I'm a drop in the bucket. (laughs) And, and again, you used the the phrase earlier, you know, their their short-sightedness, you know, that, that like you are... You've basically created the infrastructure to make it so that they have sound teams. Yeah, five, ten, 
years from now, decades from now, like, you, sure, if you want to do that in the future, then you're starting at ground zero. And then mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're just, again, you're just never going to put the resources into it because it's too big of a job. And yeah, well, and something that I keep playing over and over in my head again, that makes me feel better too, is my original supervisor, she said, you know, when we were proposing this position, uh, you know, and we were looking at salary for you, um, I was asked if we could find somebody cheaper. And she said, no, it's this particular person. It's not the position. It's how she trains. It's how people respond to her. It's how she makes zero judgment. It's how she trusts that people are going to have questions that are going to help more than one person in the room. It's the way she handles people. And I just keep reminding myself of that, that even this position wasn't created for just anyone. This was a job for me. And because of that, if the corporation can't see the importance of the emotional intelligence skills that need to go along with being a trainer. Um, you know, obviously right. it's not a place that I would have been comfortable staying long-term anyway, but. Yeah. The, the unfortunate part of that, I mean, certainly hindsight is twenty twenty. but if that was their stance that is there anybody that we could, that can do this for cheaper, the writing was already on the wall yeah. from the start. I mean, that's, that's, it's obviously you didn't know that I, I would right, hope, right, right. but like yeah, that, I no. mean, that's, that's like, if that's the mindset, the business, the business model is going to fail. Like it, right. in this field, it's going to fail. It, it It's just, or, or you, you are just going to be terrible and just, yeah. your, your, your front door is going to be a turnstile for staff because they're going to come in, they're going to mm-hmm. work and they're going to say, this place sucks. And they're going to go right back through the other side of the turnstile and right back out. And right. And again, like the the corporate view of they had no idea what I do. They have zero right. idea no up here. But no idea. They're like, what is an ECC clinical training specialist? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so uh, it's like it's like reminds me of Office Space. You know, when like the consultants come in, they're like, <laughs> "Well, he's useless." Like, <laughs> you know, it's like that's that's the level of disconnect here. And and I don't make mean to make light of your no. situation and like make jokes, but like no. this is what I'm you, thinking. Humor's, like, humor's helped me. Trust like, me. Like you know, you said earlier, like when they when you had their meeting and they were going to send you a packet. Like if you guys saw the movie Up in the Air when George Clooney is laying off all these people and he lays off Seth <laughs> Galifianakis and he's like. Oh, great. A packet. Like, you know, I, this is, these are what, this is what I'm and, thinking. And it's yeah. just it, like this, this isn't supposed to happen in veterinary medicine, but it's happening. And, and the, um, the fake mental illness or mental health help, uh, theater that is put on by corporations is upsetting at the very least. Like, Dave, you and I, the corporation that we worked for, did the same type of thing. You have all of these suicide awareness phone numbers in the bathroom. Go ahead and talk to the hospital manager and say that you're having a mental health issue and need a day. Good luck getting that day. It's all for show. And this packet that I received had info dated from 1980. It's, you're having a hard day? Try smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish I was kidding. That oh, was God. literally in there. Oh, um, try exercise. Um, oh. You know, and 
You don't think so. Yes. The job portion, gut wrenching. Absolutely. Then you think, oh man, I had health insurance through them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And through the last podcast we did together, I am chronically ill. I have a number. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. I have a number of autoimmune diseases. And so health insurance is very important. Um, They gave me three months severance. So I was very grateful for that. Absolutely. Uh, And my health insurance continues for three months through the COBRA system. So I have to pay the premium, but my insurance stays the same for three months, um, at which point I will get- Which is pretty much your severance pay? Yeah. All goes to that? Because the the COBRA pay is like- Yeah. Yeah. You're paying full premium. Yeah. It is through the roof. And um, just to let your listeners know, if you ever have to go on COBRA, uh, what I didn't know is you can't sign up until your last day of employment. So you can't sign up ahead of time. However, when you sign up, it takes an entire month for COBRA to get you in their system. So I went to have lab work done two weeks after I was laid off to the tune of $3,500, of which I had to pay out of pocket. And COBRA, quote, should pay for it when you submit your payment. Hmm. They said that could take an additional month after. So Hmm. um, it's still going to be a financial gut punch either way. Um, And then, yeah, the severance, you know, I was like, I'm going to have to buy a CPR simulator. And guess what? They're not $500. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Uh, You know. You yeah. have to have a decent amount of funding for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was going to be my my next question is like, so, you know, what does that look? So so this is a layoff, like you're not fired. Like right, there's usually right, some right. kind of, hopefully, um, and, unless again, in true veterinary medicine fashion, they're screwing that up too. Um, like there should be something you get yeah. being laid off. So at least... Yeah. And I had only been there a year. Um, and the others that were laid off were given a six month severance package. Um, so I understand, you know, longevity, sure. that that makes perfect sense. And they truly didn't need to give me anything at all. So yes, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, but, you know, a, a heads up would have been helpful. <laughs> Right, right. And the, you know, the other thing that was really hard for me, again, because my reputation means a lot to me. And I, I always want everyone to have the best experience when I visit their hospitals. Um, I felt terrible. I was booked out another six months to go to hospitals. So what are they doing now? They all had to be canceled. Yes. There's one other member on the team that I was on. I loved my team. They're incredible women, just fantastic. Um, But she could potentially, uh, she's recover certified as well. So she could potentially, I had to send the simulator that the company had. Um, I had to send that back and she has that now. So hopefully she'll be able to help a little bit, but she's, she didn't sign up for a travel job like I did. So, you know, to expect her to travel 75% of her job, like I was willing to do, she's not going to be able to do that, I don't think. 
Um, and she's going to have other responsibilities that she already had. So I don't know where they're going to go from here. I don't know if they're just going to table in-house training or, um, a couple of the hospitals honestly emailed me individually and said, Hey, any chance we can hire you independently? And I'm like, I don't, I'm kind so, of. <laughs> yeah. What, one quick question. So the hospitals you went to as a part of this company, mm-hmm. was it their network of hospitals or was it yes. out of network? Should we yep. say as well? So it was their network. So like, I, I would think if those hospitals had you booked for training, that would also be a massive red flag to them that, oh, they're not, she's not going to be coming because she no longer exists as far as we're concerned. Like, yes. Yep. Uh, I, uh, uh, trying to form professional emails back to those hospitals with my apologies <laughs> was something else. And oftentimes when I go to these hospitals, especially if I'm flying somewhere, I give them my personal cell number um, in case there's any issues and to just organize, you know, how things are going to go as soon as I get there, who's going to open the door, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I, the text messages, I mean, my phone was absolutely blowing up and it was, you know, how could this have happened? I don't understand. Like, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What are we going to do? <laughs> we needed you to come back. We already had you booked for, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm trying to not you know, talk ill of the company, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that's the Try decision. Try not to burn any bridges at this point. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm like, that's de- the decision they made. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited about what moving forward is going to look like. It's still, it's, it's a grief process. Uh, honestly, I, I ended up going to a therapist to talk about it. And I said, you know, I really feel like I'm going through all the phases of grief I was so furious. I was angry. I don't get angry. I was pissed. I was so mad. Uh, And then I was feeling sorry for myself. And then I was like making myself physically sick over it. You know, like I went through all of the things. Now I'm at the acceptance phase. You know, it happened. It was hard. And um, anyone who goes through it, who is saying, you know, I shouldn't be so upset about it. It's upsetting. There's no yeah. way around it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and people can't tell you that without having gone through that themselves. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. I, I would have never, I mean, good Lord, I would have never known the impact. I really, you know, it, it, this is going to sound arrogant, but the, you know, the two of you understand we could get a job anywhere. I don't want a job anywhere. I want the job that I feel like I am good at doing so that I can help other people and patients. I don't want to go just anywhere. That's not what this is about at all. Well, and also you you are you have the experience, you have the knowledge, you have the respect that you should be able to pick and choose wherever you want to work. Yeah. 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 And and the idea that you know it's it's not personal, it's business. Well, it's personal to you. Like, right. That's, right. That's, that's that's the reality. Like I'm yeah. sorry, I am a person it's right. personal to me. Yeah. You, mindless, faceless person, are a business. Fine. Mm-hmm. I am a person. Yeah. Yep. As soon as you hear somebody say, don't take this personally, it's, oh, I, I know right. you're going to say something yeah. that I should be taking personally. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Like saying, exactly. no offense, just yeah. means I'm going to say something offensive. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, No disrespect. Right. Well, here comes the disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't mean to be a bitch, but <laughs> yeah. But here we go. Here we are. But it's happening. Right. Don't take this the wrong way, which right. means that 
there's going to be something terrible I'm going to say to you. Right. right. Um, right. So we are, we are, we are well beyond we our halfway cruising. point here. I love um, it. So why don't we take our little break here and we'll be back after the break, everybody. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. Caffeinators, at the Vet Tech Cafe, you know we like to focus on mental health. If you're struggling with depression, burnout, compassion fatigue, or any of the other mental health challenges we discuss on our podcast, getting professional help is a great first step. We all need help with things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, which empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major mental health challenges. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Dave, I've used BetterHelp. Um, I had really good success with it. I really liked that it was entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They really make it easy for you to get the help you need. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash VetTechCafe. It's time to invest in yourself. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where every week is Vet Tech Week. Yes. And it's not Staff Appreciation Week, it is oh. Vet Tech Ooh, Week. Coming attractions at the Vet Tech That's Cafe. right. That's pretty uh, good. I, I, am, I, am, I am getting on a soapbox. Dave is fired up. I am like fired up about it. Um, anyways, so we just had our ad for BetterHelp that uh, apparently we had a glitch with BetterHelp and we weren't getting any clicks or conversions because I forgot to check off a box or something like that. Anyways... <laughs> Um, so we've been talking a little bit about emotional stress and, and, uh, dealing with some of these hard issues. So how are you managing your own mental health right now? I realize you're probably, you know, just in the end stages of, of getting through to the other side of that grief, but, but talk to us a little bit about how you're dealing with things. I'm letting myself feel what I need to feel in the moment. I think in the early stages, I was trying to fight it off as much as possible. I was trying to, you know, shake it off and say, like, it's not a big deal. But in here, in my head, it was a big deal. So it was coming out in other ways. You know, like I I was saying, I was really angry all the time. I was snapping for no reason. I was not sleeping at all at night. Um, I didn't have any appetite whatsoever. Um, And I just kept saying, like, just ignore it, just ignore it. Um, and then I recognized like, I have a reason to be angry and I'm going to give myself a 20 minute, get as angry as you need to get and then move on. And so I would kind of put it into buckets. This is my sad bucket. I'm giving it 15 minutes. This is my angry bucket. I'm giving it 20 minutes and then I got to move on. If I keep holding myself back and not being honest about how I truly feel and not being embarrassed about the fact that I feel this way, that was a lot of it. Like I am, uh, I persevere. I just always have like, this is, I grew up with a lot of rough stuff. I've had a lot of challenging things over the past few years. 
I pick myself up, dust myself off and move forward. Um, that's how I was raised. That's not always good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm learning now that I need to accept how I'm feeling, let it be, move through it, not try to jump over it. Um, and therapy has definitely helped me to do that. Uh, it's a challenge finding a therapist that understands what you're going through. I happen to find someone who works with other professionals in veterinary medicine. So that was great. She understood that we already have many challenges in our profession. So, um, you know, that's definitely helped me a lot. And taking time for myself just to step away, sit outside all by myself so that not everything's going on around me. Awesome. Um, so we were going to pivot after the break. So and go now to pro vet training. So yeah. I think I already know the answer to what led to the formation of it. And obviously <laughs> like you, you, so you, we've been talking you know, about this is, but this is still like that job was created for you and that's still what you want to do. So it, it kind of became about how can I still do this? Yeah. And here we are with pro vet training. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, years ago I was being asked by hospitals to come and spend a couple of days and observe their teams and see how I could help um, just based on my experience. And at that point, I was not in a, I think my confidence wasn't great. I was still having some imposter syndrome uh, in the early stages of getting my VTS. So this is our 10th year. Hmm. Yay. Um, Did everyone submit their, their yes, research? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Just checking. Now I check my email every day to see if I'm going to hear back, whether I'm being audited or not. I have to dig up all those things if I am. Um, but uh, I think, you know, now I finally have the confidence to say, I can offer this and this is going to be beneficial for your team. Um, not only will it be CPR uh, training following the algorithm um, for recover, uh, providing those certifications for hospitals, but also providing ECC clinical training. And I sort of have a menu created and it closely mimics the VTS ECC nursing skills list. Uh, a lot of hospitals ask for that so that it's not just, you know, let me show you how to do this on some sort of training model, and then we can sign you off on your application. That's not how it works. Um, we need to make sure that you're proficient. But this is a good way to introduce it into hospitals to say, these are the skills your technicians are going to need to know how to do. So step one, let's teach your interns how to do this. So part of what I'm going to be offering is intern classes. So we'll spend an entire day going through advanced technical procedures, whether it be placing central lines, venous cutdowns, uh, chest tube placements, NG tubes, that type of thing. Even the simple things I've noticed over the past few years with a lot of COVID doctors emerging um, and technicians who also had to go to tech school online instead of um, being in practice. Uh, I'm noticing that the hands-on portion is um, has taken a huge step back. So uh, just introducing this to these hospitals um, and having a relationship with them to 
get to know the people who are on the floor, the people who are providing the training? Do we have a circle of accountability for training? Do we have documentation for training? So it'll be about helping teams set up a structured training program and then calling me in whenever they need, you know, the big gun type of hands-on training or certifications. Gotcha. So it sounds like, I mean, I kind of feel like the hospitals that need this level, like they don't already have a well-established training program. Like they're, they're, they're clearly lacking and it's just, it's that they hire people and maybe they have some skills and that person can teach a couple of people or, but like, so their hospital really just ebbs and flows because there's nobody that's responsible for doing that, implementing that, seeing that through. So like, what does that look like? I mean, you're, you're starting from ground zero in these places for the most part. And like, you have to you have to get them to buy in but then also say like when i leave you have to do these things like this this is up you know, hopefully this is increasing patient care and making the whole experience better but like once i leave town like you still you have to continue mm-hmm. this <laughs> well i i think that once i am there and there's a recognition that even if susie has been at your hospital for 12 years that does not necessarily mean that she wants to or is a good trainer. There are, like I said before, all sorts of soft skills that are associated with being a trainer. There is patience, there's understanding, there's knowing the why behind what we're doing. Um, you know, there are plenty of techs who've been in the profession or assistants who've been in the profession for a very long time and don't have that background information. So when I get there and and they have that recognition that, oh, we had somebody in a, quote, trainer role, but this is how we can make it more structured. And when I leave a hospital, that's not going to be the end of it for me. I'm going to remain in contact with that hospital. I'm going to have a follow up with them and say, how are things going? Do you need me to come back? Do you need me to have specific meetings? I'm planning on having um, like office hours remotely as well. So trainers can call me or Zoom me after I've left their hospital and say, hey, we've tried this and it doesn't seem to be working or this went really well. Can you help us to continue with that? Um, And there'll also be discussions with management when I'm there too. Uh, You know, you need people who hold these other people accountable. We have the same uh, techs and assistants who work hard and those who hardly work. And the ones that work hard are going to leave your hospital. So it's not just the technical hands-on clinical training that I'm hoping to provide. I want to show them through years of experience what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And going back to your example, you know, if you have Susie that's been at that hospital for 12 years and she's the trainer by default, like she's, she's the ceiling of that hospital. Like Anybody that comes in, that's what that's the level they're going to be trained to. And wherever that lands, like if you actually want to move your practice forward, you have to bring in somebody that knows more than Susie. Like, yes, that's, that's the yeah. deal. Like you, you need an outside resource. Otherwise, this is as far as your hospital is ever going to go. Right. And when they have me come in, they're not taking somebody off the floor to train the new kid. 
I'm doing right. it. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Right. So at least they don't have that portion that they have to worry about either. Um, but, you know, you can think about when you're super busy and you have the new kid attached to you and, you know, they're like, explain to me why you're doing this. It's not always ideal for you to be able to explain every step. You know, the cat's fractious as you're trying to do something. You can't talk through it step by step. Um, so that creates a less than ideal training situation. And then that poor new person is like, you know, they're thrown into it. They have no idea what they're doing. They're afraid to make a mistake. I'm not going to stay at a hospital like that. Like I'm scared to death. I'm going to kill something, (laughs) you know? Right. right, right. Even at this stage of the game. (laughs) Well, I think another, another part that, and because Danny, I I do, you know, I do something somewhat similar to, to what you're doing is getting the buy-in from the rest of the people in the hospital. It's great to say we want to get our people trained. We want to train them to come in and do all this stuff. But if you don't have buy-in from, I hate to keep dumping on doctors, but if the doctors yes. are not buying into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The doctors need to be the one that, that that holds those people accountable because they're the ones that are ordering the central lines, the NG tubes, uh, right. chest tube maintenance, all yeah. that stuff. They have to have the buy-in from the people that are making decisions for who's going to do those things. So. That I I found that that to be one of the bigger challenges when when doing this type of training is is getting buy in from, like you said that that technician that is twelve years in the, at that same hospital knows everything about that hospital and kind of gets a little butt hurt when when stuff when people come in trying to do stuff that they feel like they should be doing it's it's right. very difficult yeah, to, yeah. or or that person that. That tech that has learned now how to place an NG tube and says, hey, doc, I think this patient would be a good candidate for an NG tube. Yeah. Like, we learned how to do it. Should we do it? And no. no. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, that's that's why I like to hit the interns as soon as they get in the door and they understand oh, this technician actually knows what she's talking about. And that's often what gets me pulled back into a hospital. Um, Or when I have recover and I look and I ask, you know, how many doctors do you have signed up? Oh, you do doctors too? Yes, we do doctors too. (laughs) You know, So I love it when I have doctors in my class and they recognize by the end, again, oh, she knows what she's talking about. They'll spread the word. Absolutely. They'll have me come back and more doctors will be present the next time. There are some that are very reluctant. And, you know, the hospital manager said, everybody has to go through this class. I don't care who you are. And they'll be standing there with their arms crossed for the first 20 minutes. Like, what is this technician going to teach me that I don't already know? And then by the end, they're like, that was amazing. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot that we should do this, this, and this. And I didn't even know we could use that drug. (laughs) (laughs) By the end, everyone's high-fiving and hugging and let's take a group photo. (laughs) It's just, uh, you know, you have to get in there and show them that you understand and respect their current role. You're just there to enhance it. That's all. You know, not trying to take over anything. Yeah. Well, and I also think, and not to get on a recover kick, but I think that the doctors benefit more from the recover training because I feel like a lot of times with assistants and technicians, I'm teaching them something. Uh, but with doctors, I'm trying to unlearn some things that yes. they have assumed that is right, that yes. is not right. And they have that voice yep. of authority. So getting them on the right track, I, I think that's more valuable than 
than teaching the technicians, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we're not going to talk about that during tech week. <laughs> <laughs> we, I had a tech, uh, again, I was getting ready to leave and she came up to me and she said, I just did something and I'm kind of scared, but I'm kind of proud of myself. And I said, what? And she said, we had a code and the doctor kept giving atropine over and over again. And I said, can I ask why you're giving atropine? She said, I almost threw up when I said <laughs> <laughs> she, But sure enough, the doctor emailed me and she said, hey, could you just talk me through this? I was on the floor and couldn't attend class. And I talked her through and she was like, that makes so much sense. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a thing. If you've got documentation, if you've got things yeah. to back it up, it, right. you're, it's, you, yeah. it's not your opinion, right? You're it's, right. It, it's, right. it's what what is actually in the literature. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Um, I'm just trying to go through our questions. We're 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 having this. It's like three people that have like known each other for over a decade. <laughs> yeah. That it, it's it's just we're, we're, just, we're just hanging out. We're yeah, just yeah. yeah. We're we're covering all the bases. We're just yeah, we, we are just, we are. We, we kind uh, of got to hurt cats what a little bit of training you're gonna, So, <laughs> other than skills, yeah. I know we talked about central lines and NG tubes. What else are you offering to to teach? So uh, the CSRs always get overlooked, and I know throughout the years that they will make or break your hospital. Honestly, they are the face of the hospital. So as soon as somebody gets there, if they get a bad vibe from the front desk, it's over. It's going to be yep. very hard uh, for them to trust the back uh, medical team. And I understand that completely. I feel like they're not supported. I feel like they are scared to talk to talk, uh, technicians and doctors. I feel like they get barked at a lot. They're treated poorly. I have plenty of uh, experiences to where I can help them through those types of difficult uh, discussions with clients. I can help them to understand triage and what emergency looks like. I can help them to understand why we might not be able to grab the phone right away when they call back over the loudspeaker. Um, so I have plenty of, um, you know, uh, like PowerPoints and, and stuff like that, that I can go through with CSRs because I find that to be really important. The euthanasia discussions, all of those things, uh, to try and empower them. Um, and then also for the entire hospital team, managers included, uh, something like my don't be a jerk, uh, lecture where we go over soft skills and how, you know, even though we have stressful events that happen in the hospital setting, that's no excuse to be a jerk to one another. Um, you know, I can clearly go through all of the emotional intelligence and how important it is to have those soft skills along with the hard skills um, and kind of show exactly what a hard skill is and how you can't complete that hard skill. <clears throat> you know, things even like placing an IV catheter. If you don't have the soft skills that accompany that, you're not going to be successful. If you can't communicate properly, if you are too abrasive or too aggressive and you're not paying attention to body language. So those types of things I'll be offering as well. And then um, kind of a safe space uh, roundtable meetup I'll be having once a month so that people can um, kind of chime in and say, hey, this was a tough day for me, or this was a tough case for me. And hopefully we can just kind of support each other with, um, you know, zero um, opinions on, you know, whether it's wrong or right, how this person feels, just to be able to listen to each other, because we all know what we're going through. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's useful, because I mean, you're, you're right, CSRs get overlooked, and they are yeah. 
Yeah. They're in such a tough spot because they're, they're expected to, I don't want to say make decisions, but they're, they're expected to know what's going on with literally no veterinary training whatsoever yeah. for yeah. the most yeah. part. Yeah. And in some ways, like, and also like somehow convey that to a client or, yeah. you know, like, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you just launched your website uh, very recently. So let's say a hospital is looking for exactly everything you provide. How do they get in touch with you? What does that process look like to get that set up? Is it like, you know, are you basically an all-inclusive resort and it's all of everything? <laughs> or is it like, I think you used the term earlier, like a menu where they can choose what they need? Kind of take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So um, we're still finishing up the website. There are still uh, a bunch of spots that we're adding in. Hopefully by the end of this week, it'll be completed. But um, there will be menu options on there. There will also be course descriptions. So for every technical um, uh, workshop, there'll be a little blurb, just like at a conference that says, this is what will be uh, uh, discussed. This is what you'll do. Um, it will talk about how many participants are recommended. It'll talk about how long each of those workshops typically last. Um, and then any prereqs. So, you know, it, for example, the recover stuff, obviously, if they want to be certified, they have to do the prereqs online. So there will be a link to recover on there so that they can get all of the information that way. Um, and then they will be able to um, pay through that site as well. Um, and they'll just email me uh, through the, the website. Um, and then we'll set up kind of a, a discovery call is what I'm calling them. Um, so like a Zoom meeting where we can go over everything that their hospital is interested in and we can I can answer any questions that they might have. Um, and those are usually about a 20 minute, 20 to 30 minute phone call. We talk about pricing. Um, you know, the pricing will vary a little bit depending on where I need to go geographically uh, because I'll need to build in some of that travel. Um, but there will be set fees for things like the workshops, for example, um, and the, the recover workshops as well, since they're already paying recover for the online portion, then there'll be a per person, um, cost for each person that's participating. Um, so all of that will be accessible through the site. Um, I'll also have a square with me. So even if I get to hospitals and they, haven't completed all of the uh, invoicing payments, I can still accept payments through that. And, um, I'm learning so much about how to <laughs> financially make all of this work and taxes and everything else. So, um, you know, this is such a tight knit community and I'm so fortunate that we have plenty of people in this profession who have gone through this type of, you know, creating their own company and they've been very supportive in giving me their financial advisor names and, you know, their tax guy and <laughs> all of this stuff. So again, it's, you know, just still networking so much with all of the people that we have in this incredible profession. Uh, Danny, I, I don't know why I haven't thought of this before, but is it, is it just you that's doing this or, or do you mm. have like a, a team with you? It's just you. It's just me. Mm. However, I've received over 20 messages this week asking me if I need help. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had a couple of people who are like, hey, I'm a cardio person. Can I join you? And 
for right now, in terms of, you know, financially and looking at the business model, um, I think for right now, it's best for me to just kind of handle it and see how it goes uh, in the short term. But um, man, if we could have a team of trainers and kind of cast a wider net, that would be incredible. That would be great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When you get bigger, if you need talks training. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, is there anything yeah. that we haven't talked about that, that you wanted to get out to the listeners? No, I just, uh, I just want to say again, like for those who attended IVEX, who were so incredibly supportive and uh, just, you know, comforting and non-judgmental. I just appreciate you all so much from the bottom of my heart and this network of incredible people that we get to call our colleagues. We're just so very fortunate and incredibly grateful. And for the two of you, I mean, everything that you've done to support Vet Med and Vet Techs and this podcast, just outstanding. So thank you guys so much. We try. Thank you. <laughs> um, is there somebody down the road, a topic you would like us to see, or you would like to see in a future episode or somebody you think we should talk to? Oh, um, I think if there's any way that you could get somebody at the corporate, the upper corporate level to explain how they view our role in vet med. I think that would be really interesting so that, you know, I think we, I, I know I'm probably making some assumptions on what they think and how they feel about us. Um, so, you know, somebody higher up in the corporate ladder might be interesting to hear their perspective. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of biased on, you know, the experiences that we've all had with, with corporate medicine yeah. and, you know, just, just from what I see on social media and talking to other people, there, there are corporate practices. I mean, we, we just had Tia on, mm -hmm. uh, was that our last episode? Yeah, uh, no, just the a couple of Liz. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we've had conversations and, and understandings that some people that work in corporate medicine absolutely love it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's just that we've, we've may, may have had the bad luck of being in, in corporations that didn't work. Right. Um, right. Or, 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 you know, this is a trial and error profession. We could just be working with people that are still trying to figure it out. So not to say that all corporate medicine is bad. It's just that there are, there are going to be some bad seeds in there. And I, I would like to talk to somebody that's pretty high up and, um, and figure out, you know, what their view of us is. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a good suggestion. Yeah. Thanks. Definitely. All right. So we are now down to your, would you rather question? You're going to pick one, one, two or three, which one do you want? Two. I knew it. <laughs> Would you rather learn what happens when we die or find out if there's life on other planets? Oh, definitely uh, life after we die. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to know what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if we found out what happened after we died, I, Depending on what we find out, we could break religion. Oh yeah, for sure. It would, it would, it would sh Well, the, I mean, either it's going to prove it all yeah. one religion right, or one half all will be, be wrong. <laughs> right. Right, right. One half will be stoked. <laughs> and, and, and would and would you live your life differently? In right. Whole life? Yeah. 
what would you do with that information? I don't know. I, I, uh, I think I'd rather the life on other planets. I, yeah. I would too, because I, I watch a lot. I, I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix and Hulu where, where it talks about stuff like that. And I'm like, it's amazing to me that we are like the third planet from the sun. We're at the exact distance and the exact climate that will support us like people. I, the universe is incredibly like unimaginably vast. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that, that this scenario, this situation does not exist somewhere else. Yeah. I just yeah. don't believe it. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. has to be. Well, I think this situation somewhere else. I think my answer stems from the fact that I strongly believe that I used to be a cat. Um, <laughs> so, so I have no doubt the afterlife is just going to be me uh, turning into a different type of animal. Um, uh, got it. Uh, and, and, and you don't want to be dissuaded from that. No, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, I, I want you. to be blissfully ignorant and assume that yeah. I am correct in that. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and if I think about <laughs> other planets and like, I'd be freaked out about, you know, what could possibly happen. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Huh. But yeah, I, I, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I think I'll come back as a bunny if I have the option. They might, they might give you options. You know, we don't know. Oh yeah. Mm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe you get there and they have a, would you rather for you? They're, exactly. <laughs> bunny or cat. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh man. I, I think that's a good place to call it. Um, yeah. Caffeinators. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the vet tech cafe. Um, Danny, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to us yeah. about this. I know it's, it's not an easy conversation to have, but uh, I, I think, well, I, I fear that, as we move forward in this profession and this, the landscape changes more and more. I think there are a lot of, a lot more people out there that are going to experience the same thing and go through the same emotions and have to figure out what to do next. So yeah. when it's, it's good to hear that, you know, yes, you went through that. It was difficult and it was, it was gut wrenching and all that stuff, but you've, you've made it through to yeah. the other side. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's possible, Danny, think man. About, Think about when we failed our, our exam the yes, first time. Yes, yes, right? yeah. I was ready to give up. I yep. was like, I'm Me done. too, me too. I couldn't do it. Yep. But then I talked to the group and everyone's like, I failed too, but I'm going to keep going. I was like, yeah. well, shit, I guess I got to keep going too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to that point too, hey, don't be shy. Anyone out there, I'm an open book. You want to reach out to me if this happens to you? Gosh, I hope it doesn't. But man, I'm here. I, You know, come cry. Yeah. Come swear. I don't care. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I should make I a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good motto. Come cry. Come swear. I'll be with you anywhere. Whatever. Something like that. There, there's something there. There's a, there's a company the slogan pro, in there. That'll be the ProVet logo. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks again, Danny. It was great to see you and chat with you. Um, and uh, hope our paths cross again soon. If if not, at least Ibex next year. That's right. And, sure uh, thing. Yeah. Caffeinators. Where we'll is talk it to next year? St. Louis? Oh, uh, St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll yeah. be there. Yep. Same. All right. All right. Thanks, All right, guys. Caffeinators. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hello, Caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. 
The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe.com at gmail.com or visit our website www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.